thank you and good night. Guests, welcome to LWA FLM OYT. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me once again, ready to talk about this year. Well, my God. Well, this is our special year end show. First off, Carl, haven't seen you all year. Yeah, I haven't seen you since last year. It's been yeah. that long. You said I was going to see you next year, and I'm like, uh, well, we're back. Last week we had a special show. Our show, welcome. Our show is uh, we watch a full length movie on YouTube, and uh, at the same t- in real time, and you watch the movie with us and listen to the podcast at the same time. We are on MutinyRadio.fm first and foremost every Sunday, two p.m. What a fantastic internet radio station it is! A lot of great shows. Station by none other than Pam Benjamin, who was our celebrity comedian last week. That was a really good interview a couple weeks ago, Carl. It was. Uh, I, Carl, uh, my name is Mike Spiegelman. I'm here with Carl. Carl wrote the theme song. Carl, gosh, Carl, you did everything, including interview Pam. And it was a good interview. I never, yeah. I don't know those interviews. So I listened to it on the show myself. We are very excited. We did this last year. We're going to do this again. So last year in 2021, we saw, I don't know, 50 movies. And these yeah. are all movies that are available on YouTube. If you go to our archive, which is on mutinyradio.fm, we are part of iTunes. Uh, how did we pull that off? But you'll notice that our shows, like most Mutiny Radio shows, are listed by the date it airs on Mutiny Radio. It doesn't give you a heads up which movie is happening. So this is kind of a primer. We're going to tell you the movies because yeah. we watch a lot of great movies, a lot of variety movies, a lot of movies. And uh, we want to 
celebrate, just talk about it. And then uh, just let you know, like, if you're interested in this movie, you can watch it on YouTube. If you're interested in us and the podcast, we will tell you the dates. And actually, we're going to, at the end of the show, probably list them. So, but yeah. speaking of the, so this is going to be a big show. So let's get started, Carl. January 3, 2021, we were watching Playing for Keeps. I had to ask you before the show, what the hell was that movie? And then, yeah. unfortunately, you told me the answer. Yeah, it's Harvey Weinstein. It was written and directed by the brothers, Bob and Harvey Weinstein. Bob and Harvey Weinstein. And it was Miramax, but it was at the time of Miramax before they were bought by Disney and became a mega. I mean, they were. Oh, they were it's before a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I read a biography on uh, on Miramax, uh, and it was none of the sexual stuff was kind of revealed in the book, but that was an early movie for them. Well, one of the earliest known episodes of sexual harassment by producer Harvey Weinstein happened during pre-production. And I remember talking to you about the story. You know, he uh, had some girl, lured her with, like, you can be an actress in the film. You can audition. Got her to his hotel room and then wanted to take a bath with her. <laughs> Marissa Torme was in it, right? Yeah, she was great in it. But I mean, she was in it. Yeah, she played her role. She did her job. Yeah. But also, there was Jimmy Bayo, who's the cousin of the actor Scott Bayo. And he was also in Bad News Bears uh, Spring Training. He was like the Italian. You remember Carmen? He was Carmen because they I'm played the Gary. song Carmen. Yeah. Yeah. No relation to Scott Bayo. I think cousin, right? Cousin. Yeah, yeah. he's a cousin. So, look, what did you think of the film? Uh, it's a curio. It was, he got a lease. Right, he was a nowhere kid. He got a lease for a rundown hotel, so he gets all his friends and they go clean it up and turn it right. into a. Yeah. Well, and this is not. This is one of two kids uh, redo a hotel bar type of uh, movie we saw in January. Uh, it's a trivia question, and you have the opportunity to see it. Uh, see some prisoners movie that here, Bob. So you know, it's a curiosity. Uh, moving forward, can we? On January 10th, we watched America 3000. Now, do we cover this? Because this was a repeat. With originally, when that aired, and aired about three years ago, uh, it was garbled. And uh, Carl cleaned it up. And just because it was the start of the year, we played that episode. So it's an old canon, Golden Globus movie in the future. Yeah, uh, it's one of the 1980s like post-apocalyptic film, like Escape from New York, Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. So like... B-films cashed in on that. You know, you always see that stereotype of... I, I had the poster. Oh, yeah? Yeah, in college. I had it on my wall. A president or something. Remember that? Yeah, so I didn't even see it until this show. So I just knew the image. Now, there's uh, the Golan. Uh, the Israeli... Golan Globus. Yeah. Globus. Yeah, Gol yeah the, it was those guys. The Israelis. Yeah. We should mention the Israelis. Our Golden Globus and uh, Canon Films, and uh, we'll be hearing more about Canon Films. Did you enjoy the film? America 3000? Uh, no, it was boring. It was one of those sandals and laser beam uh, uh, specials in the woods where there's some sexy ladies and sexy guys, and it's dull as dishwater. I, I, yeah. I was the poster was much fun better. To watch on our show, we oh, really we were great, and it was an encore presentation now with clarability. We watched Rented Lips. We watched Rented Lips, nineteen eighty-eight. Yes, and this is one of the many Robert Downey Sr. R.I.P. Yes. But he actually uh, directed a lot of great movies. One movie we love, Courtney, Which, Sw 
right? What was that? Did I pronounce it right? Any swoop? Yeah, that was a good movie. It was we, right. What'd you think of Rented Lips? This is a later film, and actually Robert Downey Jr. is the star. He's trying to, I guess it's like it's a movie about movies, and they're trying to make a porn movie. And at there's the some... same time as they're trying to make this uh, documentary thing, they're they're sneaking a porn film. Yeah, okay, it was so fine. Martin Mull, Martin Mull was in it. Yeah, no, he I mean it's funny. Hero and Jennifer Tilly. Yeah, um, and look. Kenneth Mars was in it. Now he's that guy in our Donnie and Marie going coconuts. He's that guy who played in uh, in Young Frankenstein as the yeah. yeah, he was really good in it. Um remember he played a reverend and okay, the only other thing is June Lockhart was in it. You know Oh great from uh, Leave it to Beaver. Well lo- yeah, and Lost in Space. Lost in Space. Um the, the house in the film was the same house they used for Christmas Story. Is oh. that interesting? Oh, by the way, may I be the first one in 2022 to wish you, Carl? Thank you. Merry Christmas. December Merry Christmas. 2022. Yeah. Oh, and happy Hanukkah. Oh, yeah. oh excuse yeah. me. Oh, All right, it was fine. It was it was one of the uh, it was good. It was a very professionally done Robert Downey Sr. movie. Uh, it was it was it was super produced and it was funny. But it, you know, it depends on your patience on films about films. Okay, some people tire of that. They don't want to see the writer talk about writing. Okay, January twenty four of twenty twenty one, we watched the morning after. Oh, it's it's got to be. There's got to be a morning after. Gotta be the morning after. That's from 1986. Fonda. That's a big Hollywood movie just sitting on YouTube. Yeah. Fonda, Jeff Bridges. Bridges. Mm-hmm. Well, for a couple minutes, Raul right? Julia. Who's the body? Is it Jeff Bridges? Who's the what? The body. This is like the flight attendant. She she sleeps around and then she wakes up. Okay. She sleeps with someone. And, with that guy. There was a guy who was like both a porno guy and an exercise video guy. She woke up in his her his bed. Uh, not remembering the night before, and he was dead. Remember, she got up and she was like, "Oh, it's ketchup! Ew, yuck! There's all ketchup on." Oh my god! Who poured ketchup on my bed? Raul Julia was like the ex-husband who was still a friend. Uh, Jeff Bridges helped her out and sort of followed her on. She was an ex-actress, uh, you know, an ex-star. And this was Cindy Lumet, right? Who directed it? It was a decent movie. Oh, well, James Karen's in that. It was Sidley. Sydney Lumet, who yeah. did the verdict, Dog Day Afternoon. Oh, yeah, know? yeah. When the, he's done great stuff. Uh, yeah, this is a good movie. I'm just surprised to see it pop up on YouTube. Now, the best thing to me about this episode was the celebrity comedian countdown with Anthony Quinn. Oh, yes, your buddy That's from me. New Jersey's own, Anthony Quinn. That's that right. was great. Yeah, I've, Have you I've ever seen, seen Late Night with Anthony Quinn? I, I'm on bed by seven. Okay, darn. All right. Uh, the next, we on January 31, we, assuming you have nothing more to say about that film. No, right? no, keep going. Yeah, I want to okay. this this film is, is the movie of the month. Bring we it on. We watched The Zoo Gang in 85. Yes, movie of the month of January. Mike's favorite movie of, that we saw in January. Now, you corrected me. I said it was the first film to earn a PG-13 rating, but you corrected me. Well, yeah, it was well, it was supposed to be Dreamscape, and then Red Dawn came out before Dreamscape, yeah, and right. that became technically the first uh, PGR. But you were saying that this film 
was in production and got the rating. So it was the, the first MTAA movie. The MTAA four gave it its rating. It was the first film to ever get a rating, and it got it was, it, no, no, to get the PG thirteen rating. Right. That was brand new and fresh. They only showed two sets of tits in that. Right. To keep now, it otherwise as R. No, it was R. No, like I saw this R movie once, and there was like fifty-seven tits. Okay, so Ben Vereen was in it. Right, yeah. the old wrestler. This is another like young idea, like like guys who are gonna open up a club, like right. uh, the the Weinstein movie. But this one, they're much younger. They're kids, and kids like there's no parents. They're Carl. Oh, there you are. Uh, there's no parents. There's like uh, yeah, there's no they parents. have money. Ben Vereen, who was is good in this movie, mm-hmm. he he plays like the guy who owns the club, but he's kind of desolate and homeless and lives in a trailer in the parking lot and could, right. Could, Take and over the club. Really own it. Yeah. That's no, right. it doesn't own it. But then the best part of this movie is uh, Rorschach, that guy, uh, 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 Harley, you know, the one from Bad News Bears. Yeah, but didn't you want to talk about, yeah. uh, is it Skippy? Mark Price. Yeah, Mark Price, who's always known. He's a comedian. He's still around. Uh, I got to do a Zoom show with him, but uh, ah. he's, he's best known, as they say, as the role of Skippy on Family Ties. And he right. uses that, you know, he's Mark Skippy Price. But he's in this movie. This is a non-Family Tie adventure for him. And, you know, he's young and, and the movie is unrealistic and it's wish yeah. fulfillment. And it's really wish fulfillment. Right. The, kids, the, the, the bar sells hot dogs. Remember right. that? Like they have a big hot dog. It's like yeah. what kids want. So I don't know. And, and, and the kids get, get back at the, you know, the bullying. Uh, yeah. It is a self-fulfillment Okay, then we move on to February, and I right. think this might be my favorite movie of the year. We saw on February 7th, Going Bananas. <laughs> I, uh, there's no spoilers here. This is my favorite movie of 2001 that we saw, Going Bananas. Going this bananas. is the, the best movie I've seen, and there's terrible stereotypes in this film, and there's yes. terrible uh, you know, stunts that they don't do anymore. This, like uh, getting a scorpion on your cheek. Oh, right? what about that little boy who was like uh, swinging and yeah. he falls? Yeah, the, the tarantulas come on his cheek. Yeah, yeah, tarantulas oh. or yeah. I think it was. Well, um, I think that guy eating the onion to look top to look like he was crazy. Remember, he was yeah. the bard. Now this was Dom DeLuise and Jimmy Walker, and right. it was so stupid. And also the uh, it's a it's a kind of a young boy adventure. It's a young white boy in Africa film. But to mm-hmm. be fair, this is another Golden Globus film. Any country, their film productions were in the eighties. Were always kind of had this skewed warpness to it. So and unfortunately, you see it here. There's a witch doctor, but he's a dentist. Right. Uh, but so he has a young ward. It's the son the, uh, from over the yeah, top. Ward. That's the word yeah. he used. Yeah, so this congressman wants his boy to go to Africa, yeah. and Dom DeLuise is his concierge who's going to follow him around. And Dom DeLuise is amazing in this yeah. movie. Yeah, he is. So holds bars. And they meet Jimmy Walker, who acts, you know, like, and he's good in it. He plays plays it straight. Well, yeah, but he does, he is just like, I'm going to be my own, I'm going to be a stereotype. It wasn't, it's not like an African-American from America. It is a, from America, right? It, he plays all the stereotypes of the African guy, right? You know, and then then the film dissolves into a circus where they're like jumping on uh, to escape people. They're on, they jump off the trampoline and land on horses. So now, it all just dissolves. Now remember Deep Roy. Yeah, so Deep Roy from uh, one of the worst movies I've seen, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, who played the Oompa Loompa. 
this is one of his first roles. And if you watch that Canon documentary, Electric Boogaloo, uh, they talk about it. But he, he, he was just dressed up in a gorilla suit. Right. And so he basically, yeah, so they go, they go to Safari. There's some beautiful stock footage. And then they meet up with uh, a gorilla. And this is based yeah. on an Israeli children's uh, series. And then I actually watched the Israeli TV children's show where there's a guy dressed up as a monkey in suspenders. Mm -hmm. He lives in a family house. It's like a sitcom. So this this definitely has its roots, but I think they call him Bonzo or what was it? no? Well, it was, yeah, Bonzo. Yeah, the, yeah, they call him Bonzo. It was Reagan era. Yeah, in the Pipinard. So they uh, meet Bongo, and he, he talks. He actually yeah. talks. Do you remember Pink Panthers? Uh, the the Herbert Lom was in yes, it. Yes, of course. Here, since we're on video. <laughs> yeah, he shoots his finger off all the time. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yes. So, uh, yeah. So it's a monkey, and he he learns to talk. And one of his first words, banana, is banana. Yeah. Okay. So what you got to do? You got to go to our YouTube channel because we're gonna play for you our clip of bananas. Stop saying banana. L. This is amazing. This is like quality video. Yes, this is our YouTube channel. You can find us on our podcast is by the acronym that we brought up, mentioned up front, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, as well as our YouTube channel. Okay, now an hour into this movie, they finally get to the point of this film. He's going to teach the monkey how to talk. That's weird. That is very very late that breaks a lot of movie rules and these guys made like 50 movies a year they should know yeah, better yeah, yeah. they don't know they blessedly didn't know so he's saying like i'll give you this banana if you say the word banana and you know jimmy and uh, the boy is like come on dom that's cruel just give the fucker the banana he's like no they'll learn how to say it. yeah speak the word banana but you still won't give it to him <laughs> Again, we all know that was going to happen. It's just the response is great. Ah, finally. Late. So Everyone's we're all going to sleep on the hay in prison. Look at this. They have fucking flame torches and skulls. And yeah. these poor guys are chained. Like, their arm, this guy's arm has been chained up there all, all throughout this. You know, Did these guys sleep in the hay? Those bars are so thick that I think that little kid could actually squeeze through. I think Rob Deep could Deep Rob could go in there. Yeah, I'm not really into that. I know why you're waking me up, and the answer is no. <laughs> oh, gee, I think this might be land. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I, you know, it's in the description. If you hold the video cassette box in your hand, which I've mm -hmm. done in my lifetime, it'll say, like, they tripped to Mama Zamba Land. Is he going to okay. say banana now? No, no, but he's going to tease him. He goes, okay, say banana. And he's like, fuck you, give me that fucking banana. He's like, I'm going to fall asleep. That's where I do. Bonzo. Banana Bonzo. We know Bonzo. That was the movie that Ronald Reagan was in. Bedtime uh, for Bonzo. Bedtime for Bonzo. And 
That was his nickname. This movie is like 87, like peak Reagan. Right. No, they yeah. obviously did it for that reason. Yeah. And I wouldn't say it was his nickname. It was his name. Yeah, but if you said Bond, President, well, if you said Bond, it's like saying, like, I don't know. Oh, you mean it was the Orange. nickname for Reagan, like Bonzo goes yeah. to uh, Blitzburg, Pittsburgh. Yeah. What Pittsburgh was it? Bonzo goes to Pittsburgh. I saw it on my TV. <laughs> Is he saying banana now? It? Yeah. And now we get into this weird thing where Dom DeLuise thinks he's Black Clansman. Whoa, he really said it. Yeah. And they, but Dad always is like, uh, Jimmy, will you please be quiet? Stop saying banana. Yeah. I wasn't saying it. Stop See, saying look how banana. great Dad is. He's got, they're right. playing tired. He's sleeping. Right. He's, He's sleeping. a great actor. He's got his hat over his head, <laughs> his eyes. Banana. Oh, for the last time. Yeah. Will you stop? You, would you stop saying banana? Banana. Well, if you're not saying banana and, and I'm you're not, not saying <laughs> and you're not saying then it's gotta be Ben. Ben stop saying banana. I'm not saying it. Well, if you're not saying it, and he's not saying it, and I'm not saying it. <laughs> <laughs> what about the chained up guys? Chained up guys, let me sleep. You let me stop saying banana. Humana, humana, humana. Banana! Whoa, banana. <laughs> okay, here, raise the volume. This is what I'm talking about, Dom Delevy's acting. All right, so you hear it. So he's going to say, he's going to ask him a question where the answer is obviously banana. And the way he sets it up, it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! Celebrate! Like this reaction. Okay, here comes the best part. He goes, he goes what do you put in your cereal in the morning? Banana! <laughs> Whoa! But check out Tom's face. Hey, look at him. He's like egging him on. What if the answer to this is banana. Look, his eyes open. <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> it's like he won the should have deserved an Oscar. Set up the scene. that We should have set it up beforehand. They're in prison. There are guys chained to the wall. Just black extras. Just because it's canon films. They got them chained to the wall. And they're sleeping. And uh, Bonzo says banana. But Dom DeLuise keeps turning to Jimmy Walker and saying, please, will you please stop saying banana? And then when they actually question him, yeah. So anyway, that's great. So movie of the year. Let's keep going. Okay. So speaking of Bonzo, on Valentine's Day, February fourteenth, twenty twenty one, we watched Bonzo Goes to College, nineteen fifty two. A sequel. Right. Who, who knew? But it really wasn't a sequel, right? It was a standalone film. Reagan refused to do it because the premise was ridiculous. You oh, know? right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you remember it opened in the beginning and he was at a um. Uh, car he was a carny, remember? Yeah, right. And well, the movie is stupid as fuck. Yeah. It is just like this nineteen what fifties. They have these like guys rejects from uh Abner Costello TV show. They're like hanging around and like yeah. you can make money off this monkey. And they do. 
And it's just very far-fetched. The one thing I would say is that the original movie was directed by Freddy de Corvia, Corvia who was the yeah. longtime producer and name recognizer on the Johnny Carson show. Like, so, right. Yeah. That, he that's made amazing. this film, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. He didn't direct this. It's yeah. all right. You know, whatever. It's weird that there's a okay, sequel to well, Bonzo. Um, the mother of Mia Farrow, Maureen Sullivan, is in it. Mia Farrow's mom. And do you remember uh, the granny on the Beverly Hillbilly? She was the maid, Irene Ryan. I really hate the Beverly Hillbillies, but yes, I do remember. Remember, and I would tell the story about how she was a chain smoker. She'd even write things in vaudeville for herself that involved smokers. She could smoke. Right. Well, that's me on stage. I'm like, hey, uh, for my next bit, I'm going to get high on stage. It's, <laughs> it's for the joke. All right, yeah, I, I have nothing else to say. It's well, on I YouTube. Do. Okay. You remember Chris Kringle from Miracle on 34th Street? He was in this. Big fat guy with a beard? Yeah. Well, he didn't have a beard in this. He was the coach, and he was yeah. the grandfather. That's right, there's a coach. This is another monkey uh, animal movie has to play college sports. Now, like, we mentioned June Lockhart, right? Yeah. June Lockhart's mother is in this. Ooh. Is that interesting? I guess isn't June Lar doesn't she? Uh, I think she shows up in another movie that we did. Well, Maureen O'Sullivan will show up in a movie later this year. All right, that's and what I'm thinking of. Okay, okay, okay. So on February twenty one, uh, the day my father died, on February twenty one twenty one, we watched the Clash of the Wolves, nineteen twenty five. I should preface this to say that. Uh, Public domain is now happening again in the United States, and it started during the Trump, quietly back in the Trump administration. A lot of corporations had tried to push against the uh, public domain, and they right, put a like moratorium Disney. on it. Like Disney, they don't really want Mickey Mouse going to public domain, but it's usually been after 80 years. So we, uh, in 2011, uh, Library of Congress or whoever does it, I know I'm drinking Gatorade on a video, uh, but I got my electrolytes. So we uh, last year in yeah, 2000, we they they put a bunch of movies in the public domain, and a lot of them were on YouTube. Yeah. So we spent like a couple of weeks doing it, and Peter we did Pan. that. Peter Pan was pretty cool, yeah. Uh, so this year we watched a bunch of movies uh, that just got into the public domain in the United States, starting with Rin Tin Tin. Yeah, yeah. and what the, the one uh, the Untouchables the. Not the Untouchables. Um, th they were at a shipyard, and then they they traveled. Yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll come to me. That was in this. Yeah. That was two years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is Rin Tin Tin. It was in the High Sierra in Eastern California, which is famous for the Joshua Tree. Hmm. Um, Rin my, old was, hmm. my old roommate. My old roommate. Joshua was your oh, Mister Joshua Tree. Yeah. Rintintin was a male German shepherd who was an international star. Okay, he was rescued from World War I battlefield by American soldier Lee Duncan, who nicknamed him Rinty. Duncan trained Rintintin to obtain silent work, silent film work for the dog. I don't know. It was, I. It was pretty cool watching the, these fight scenes with a uh, dog. And like human, this is before like they say no animals were harmed in the making of this film right, or yeah. humans. 
but it was an interesting film. It was about uh, what was it? Jump claimers? What was that term? Uh, yes, claim? so, right. Fake he, hoppers. He didn't find gold. He found some other valuable metal that is used for like manufacturing or something. And yeah, and he staked his claim. And like you said, whatever stake they are, claim, jumpers. Yeah, claim. yeah, yeah, right. Claim jumpers. The pizza's named after the frozen pizza. And there was the comedic actor in it who was horrible. Guy was uh, trying to steal from the. Throat. It was totally all over. There was definitely like this was a survival thing. It was a pretty cool movie. I don't know, but he was definitely like just pretty broad. Yeah, but I like him too. It was cool to see the culture, but it wasn't a well written film at all. Right. Mm. All right. Oh. You have okay. to get Rin Tin fight a man. It's really cool. Yeah, you definitely see that. That's for yeah. sure. And yeah. uh, I don't know. There's that one scene in which it's all windy and they're, everything's drama. It's uh, And it came out from 1925. So, gosh. Yeah. Okay, so February 28th, my birthday, we watched huh. Seven Chances, 1925. Carl, I'm sorry for that year. For your, okay, uh, yeah, and th that was um, I always get them confused. Buster Keenan. I, Buster Keenan. I always, I actually, I remember on the show going over and over saying, "Next week we have Harold Lloyd in Seven Chances." Seven Chances is like one of my favorite movies. And yeah, I, I feel like, and I like Harold Lloyd, so I always connect it to. But it's definitely Buster Keenan. He is, uh, and it was made into a Chris O'Donnell movie, if you remember from San Francisco. Yeah, uh, yeah. He has to to get his inheritance. He has to marry by the end of the day. So he's running around town, and it's not one of those silent movies in the country. It's a city, and you get to see people in the twenties. And he's trying to hit. And there's some crazy racist and anti-Semitic jokes. I thought the anti-Semitic joke was pretty fucking funny. Uh, <laughs> it's basically he is he's he's stalking women. He's like following them, and he's going to ask to marry, and they'll be rich if they do. And he sees this pretty woman about to ask her and she opens up the newspaper and it's, it has hebrew on it and he walks away <laughs> and there's another one where he turns around and sees the woman is black and he walks yeah, away. And yeah. Away. and there's a lot of black faces now this like is, his buddies now this is one of your favorite films but it is not one of buster keaton's favorite films it's his least favorite film this is interesting remember the boulders in the end yeah, you've mentioned it, he added that on, but it's like this death-defying feats of like running past boulders and shit like that. Yeah. That made that's like a big deal, and they're like, "Yeah, I don't know, well, we gotta kill time, throw some boulders on me." Well, he went to a preview and he saw that that okay, he did in the preview knock over a boulder and it rolled and he popped, you know, like it, and he got it got a huge laugh in the preview. So that's when he he made paper mache rocks. Sometimes they actually bounce off them. You can see they're fake, but it's very good visual scene. Yeah, definitely. He didn't just like the film, but thought the tumbling rock scene saved it. Um, yeah. Okay. On March seventh, we had the anniversary. The the, the anniversary. There was the anniversary of the festival. The Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Yeah, that's right. It was uh, in the heart of the pandemic when we aired. Uh, we finally aired our show. Uh, it happened in March of 20. Carl came up to San Francisco, and we did it live. And yeah. this was actually a bunch of comedians, and we watched San Francisco-related shorts. I would just say go to iTunes, go find our March 7th episode, 2021, and just listen to the episode yourself. This guide is for the movies and the dates, but it's a really good episode. 
it's chaotic it's different style and you really get to see carl and me live i hear us uh with a bunch of great comics who i never remember uh, <laughs> but they're there we watched on march 14 2021 we watched king of the mountain one yeah. and it's a great movie but the thing is from this movie you fell in love with this director noel nosek we would go on to watch two more of his films yeah that's regrettable uh this guy uh the director what's his name again Noel Nosek. By the way, this is how an old New Jersey guys hang out with the uh, e-vapes and Gatorade. Uh, yeah, the, he, the three different movies we watched uh, are different theme altogether, and maybe a little tonally different. Like this one's like a the drama, and it's basically guys racing around Mulholland Drive. And yeah, it, has it was drunk a real Dennis thing. Hopper. Yeah, very drunk Dennis Hopper. Yeah, so it's it's good. You know, it's a, it's a good pot boiler. Uh, I recommend it. Now, Harry Hamlin was in it, right? I remember yes. we were making fun of it, like he Botoxed his face or something. Like he has no facial expression, remember? Yeah, he is a weird-looking dude. Especially in the early 80s. How about that? Yes, and he, he was uh, Clash of the Titans, mm -hmm. right? Now, Dennis Hopper, you're, he was... Drinking and drugging throughout the film. Remember, he's got those scenes in which he talks crazy, right? But it's scary. Not yeah, I mean, it's scary because you were saying that he was actually drunk when the racing scenes, when he's in the car. Okay, there's this one incident in which he took a six-pack of beer, put it in his car, and they had cameras, you know, because they were they were supposed to film. Yeah. So he took off Mulholland Drive, and he went away for like an hour, hour and a half. Not the, you know, it was 15 minutes of footage had stopped and he just kept going and when he came back the six-pack was empty all the cans were in his uh nice well you know he's just an even evenly stroll down the drive so yeah i would recommend it uh don't go away i'm here grizzly adams was in it the the Is animal just no. <laughs> yeah i guess so i mean uh, Dan Haggerty, he was Grizzly Adams, and the funniest thing ever about him was once his beard caught on fire in his one of the restaurants he owned because some lady was carrying a flaming cocktail. Oh, his yeah. and his beard went. Yes. Oh, was he one of the celebrities that had his own restaurant chain? Yes. Yes. Yeah, love it. Love. It. Um. I, oh, I already told you the story about... Uh, okay, so it was based on an article by David Barry that was published in the Los Angeles Times, Thunder Road, uh, 1978 article, New West Magazine by David Barry, also titled Thunder Road. And so it was a real thing. Guys would race Mulholland Drive. Now, there was a whole subplot about music, remember? Yeah, that's right. And I was... Yeah, that's right, because... I because it was, uh, it took place in the, in the hills, Hollywood Hills, where yeah, there was a real was music scene. Laurel Canyon. Laurel Canyon, yeah, right, of course. Talk my my heart, years, I was just thinking of that. In my years in Los Angeles, you know, uh -huh. I know that Mulholland Drive snakes straight through the canyon. That's what we used to call it, you know, back in the day, the canyon. Oh, we yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah and so they have a lot of musician pads and nice houses. Yeah. Don't right, there's a whole music plot in there. Mm -hmm. All right. Look at this movie already. Okay. In okay, so Mike got the Noel Nussick bug. I did and because March, his films are so different and weird. March 21, the <laughs> first day of spring now. Uh -huh. 
March 21, 21, we watched Las Vegas Lady, 1975. Oh, uh, yeah, man. I love that movie. Directed by Noel Nosek. Noel Nosek. Starring yeah. Stella Stevens. Yes, it did. And it, it was like a, they were sort of like hired to do a heist. And remember, it was ridiculous. Why would they give the guy the money? Just heist well, the money. Yeah. This guy, like a Charlie Angel guy. He was like, right. hey, angels. Here's your mission. Steal a million dollars and you get to keep a hundred. Right, right. Yeah. He, there isn't even a he's not even a participant. He doesn't lift a figure. No, no, no. He he got the tip and they get a cut. Yeah. Okay. There's a guy in it named Jack Gordon. Okay. And I that's the same name of the guy who married Latoya Jackson. Remember, so I was trying to look at his face. You know, his IMDB says nothing about Latoya Jackson. And then I went and Googled him to see what movies he was in, if any. I think it, it's this. If you look at the picture, it, you know, watch him in the film. I think it's the same guy. You know what I'm talking about? No, I do. I do. He's kind do you of remember the Maytag repair man. Uh, Gordon Jump. He was in it. Um, oh. Jesse. No. Jesse White played a guy named Big Jake, and he was that guy in the commercials for Maytag. Yeah, yeah, but I'm more of a Gordon Jump new guy kind of person. That was before my time. Okay, Mike, I want you to take over, and you can be the one. I mean, I'm doing a lot of effort here. Yeah, okay. Here, why don't you take a breath? Oh, wait. Okay, so anyway, so Los Angeles, so one thing I like about that movie, are you tossing that up? I thought it was good. It was a good heist. The criminals were kind of vile. Remember, like, the criminals, like, I want you to kill him. And the guy is, like, his employer. Like, yeah. It's, like, yeah, he's the boss. And his, uh, like, yeah, but it, uh, in charge of a casino. Remember, he slapped the guy. Yeah. And like, it he was like, quit the next day. Now, this was like, we saw a Pia Zazora movie, uh, Fake Out, where it said starring the MGM Grand as itself or whatever. It got right. its own credit. And this was the same deal. It was Circus Circus, but. Right. I think it was a, another hotel. Uh, You're right. Circus yeah. Circus. Was it Circus Circus that got the the opening credit? No, I, think uh, I don't remember that part. It was a different – yeah, so it's in there. So it's an interesting movie. It's basically, I don't know, the guy who, who was hanging out with them was the one mastermind behind it. Pretty, the love yeah. interest. Now, at the end, this was a bad movie. It was. It didn't make yeah, sense in the real world. It didn't make sense. And there were, it was a sadistic little film, too. You got to the end, right? And all of a sudden, for the last five minutes, it turns into a good film. Do you remember that? He's got the girl. And I'm going to shoot her if you don't give me the whatever. Remember? And so yeah. our hero goes, shoot her then. I could care less about this broad, you know? Like, what? You know? And I... I remember, I forget, you know, he lost his nerve because he's like, what do you mean, killer? Because that was his bargaining chip, you know? Right, yeah, yeah. And so he sort of shrinks away, and, and uh, our hero gets the best of him, you know, and then there's this funny exchange. What do you mean? You know, for, I was just kidding, baby. You know, I'm trying to save you. <laughs> it, it became a good film in the last five minutes. I don't know. I mean, there was, it, it was also practical effects or climbing up uh, casino walls outside. The, yeah, yeah. Was the, that so, was her role. So if you like Ocean's Eleven films, this is definitely uh, something to check out. And Stella Stevens is really good in it. I, I, I like her a lot in it. 
No? Okay. I, I don't stand corrected. She's great. Okay. She's, if you yeah. like Ocean's Eleven's films... Las Vegas Lady is, should be avoided. This is a film. Like Lost, like Ocean's Eleven, it has a beginning right. and end. Yeah. Imagine if Ocean's Eleven was like really just like bad and you didn't believe it and stuff. Remember they met at the the a Wild West. Uh... That's yeah. There's like a little yeah, a Wild West in Las Vegas, and that's that's the hero, and he actually looks like the Rifleman at times. The thing is, you remember she gets she accesses the hotel room, and and the other woman's all stuck inside, hiding. Yeah. And then the woman scales and comes through the window. But the thing is, if she had access to go right into the room, why did the lady need to scale up the building? You see, because well, I'm 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 visioning it because he climbs she climbs up and when she's in the room, she's knocks on the door and the, the woman outside the hallway opens the door for her. Like, thanks for coming in. Yeah, well, they get in there and then they're like one of the girls is like pretending to be like a hostess uh, to the villain and they're really cruel to her. It's yeah, yeah it's yeah. Uh, I don't know. So it's definitely uh, so you go from racing. This movie came before King of the Mountain. So he went from like heist, Vegas heist movie to Mulholland Drive, Laurel Heights. Well, uh, he was getting better. Yeah. All right. Well, well, cliffhanger. We got another one of his films coming down the line. Uh The next milk uh, movie we did on March 28th. It was from 1987. It's a really strange film called Stranded. Right. So from the title, you go, oh, man, those poor bums. But it's basically like aliens landing on yeah. Earth, and right. one of the aliens is played by Flea, consistent yeah. actor Flea. I just saw another 1986 movie with him, Tough Guys. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers are playing, and like uh, it's the one with Kirk. Ka- uh, fuck, you know this movie? They're uh, anyway. It's Burt Lancaster. And, Can I see uh, it? No, don't, don't. Right. You'll see it on cable. You know what I mean? It's always plays on cable. But it had like Halel, uh, the original band member from. Anyway, uh-huh. getting back to Stranded, it's a really strange film. It's like a family yeah. in a house, and they're getting like premonitions, but the aliens arrive. Uh, and also by strange, I mean, I don't. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> so that's our review. We got to keep wait, moving on. No, wait. yes, sir. Well, there's so much more. You didn't even mention Iona Sky. Right, and... Iona Sky is in it. Right. <laughs> right. No, but she. Flea introduced Iona Sky to uh, that dude she dated, who Brendan. Uh, Flea was the one who introduced her to the Red Hot Chili Peppers guy who was like on drugs just before she ma- married Ad Rock. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she married Ad Rock. Are you talking about not Hillel, the one who passed away? I think. Was it Anthony Kiedis? Oh, it, okay. Yeah, it was Anthony Kiedis. 24 years old and fresh out of rehab, he became Sky's first boyfriend until 89 for two years. She left him because he had drug issues for Adam Horowitz. During the rap party of this movie, Flea introduced them. Hey, that's, yeah. Okay, so this movie has an upside. No, wait. No, and no. No, he was a drug addict. And Okay, so Maureen O'Sullivan was in this, also the mother of, you know, from... Bonzo goes to college. Mia Farrow's mother. Um, she had just done Hannah and her sisters, and she said, "Sci-fi is nothing I have never done." Oh, oh. yes, I'll take the role. Okay, so, so uh, you're uh, auditioning for the role. Uh, what have you been doing lately? 
I just did a Woody Allen movie like two days ago. Oh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Okay, you're in. You're hired. Uh, Joe Morton. Remember? Yeah, from that's right. Joe Morton. Yeah. Um, Brother from another planet. Yeah, and the, he he uh, he, I, I think he really tried. I remember him trying in that movie. He was like an oh, FBI yeah. agent, and oh, he yeah. he really he like he gave it some some movies we watch. You can see the actor saying, "I'm all in. I'm in a movie." I'm going to give you a performance. And he was really solid in that movie. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, you know, against Flea, just smiling as a like, monkey boy. Yeah. He was a monkey alien. What he was like their dude. pet or something. Yeah. Right. Was it Anthony Kiedis? Oh, it, okay. Yeah. It was Anthony Kiedis. 24 years old and fresh out of rehab, he became Sky's first boyfriend until 89 for two years. He left him because he had drug issues for Adam Horowitz. During the rap party of this movie, Flea introduced them. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. Okay, so this movie has an upside. No, wait, no, and no, no, he was a drug addict. And okay, so Maureen O'Sullivan was in this. Also, the mother of you know from Bonzo goes to college. Mia Farrow's mother. Um, he had just done Hannah and her sisters, and she said. Sci-fi is nothing I have never done. Oh, oh. yes, I'll take the role. Okay, so, so uh, you're uh, auditioning for the role. Uh, what have you been doing lately? Uh, I just did a Woody Allen movie like two days ago. Oh, <laughs> all right. Yeah, okay, you're in. You're hired. Uh, Joe Morton? Remember? Yeah, that's right, Joe Morton, it? yeah. Um, Brother from another planet. Yeah, and the, he... he uh, he, I, I think he really tried. I remember him trying in that movie. He was like an oh, FBI yeah. agent, and oh, he yeah. he really he like he gave it some some movies we watch. You can see the actor saying, "I'm all in. I'm in a movie. I'm going to give you a performance." And he was really solid in that movie. Yeah, uh, and and then you know, against Flea, just smiling as a like monkey boy. Yeah. He was a monkey alien. What he was like their dude. pet or something. Yeah. On April fourth, we watched a movie called The Vampire happening which sounds the title is so great because you got vampires and you got hippies or yeah. happening it's my vampire happening and it freaks me out beyond the valley of the dolls uh i don't we skip this film it was i don't so remember bad. it i don't even remember it i was gonna say like other than the title i don't remember it was so that... west german he she goes to the the was from yeah, that's right. She's a sex porn star who, like, right. they show. She's so famous as a porn star, they show her movies on the plane. Right, the in-flight movie. It right, and she lands. Horrible. Yeah, it's bullshit. Okay, but the next film. Oh my god, we could spend all the time of the world. Definitely on my top ten films from the uh, last year that we watched. Three or four. It's House Four: The Repossession yeah. from right. 1994. Now, all four. Uh, at least the yeah, all four of them are on YouTube, and the first one's a classic, and the second one's a classic. But poor Carl, I picked the fourth one for him to watch four or five times and research. This, but it's a return to start. We were just talking about Mark Hamill, right? Not Mark Hamill, Harry Hamlin, right? Uh, Beastmaster. I don't think it was him, but a similar looking dude, right? Uh, it was uh, William Cat. Well, yeah, William Cat was in. I was okay. going to say Beastmaster one. And Beastmaster 4 had the same star. The same with House. House started with uh, William Cat, the greatest American hero, and from the last Wednesday surf movie, he and Carrie, he yeah. was also, he wasn't in the second one. The second one was like a cartoonish puppet show. 
with Bill Maher in it. It's 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 on Amazon. The third one was actually released in the states as a different title, and then in Europe they just added like it's like called horror movie or something. Right. And it had nothing to do. It was like uh, uh, it was like some killer attacking family. Yeah, just at the title. But House Four returns to the house, and basically the plot is that you know you get and you have a house, you inherit a house, <laughs> and the house is haunted, and uh, comedically haunted with a lot of jump scares. So this one tries its damnedest. So basically, and William Cat is in it, and he's in it for a lot of scenes. And Carl, you said he uh, was two days. He did the, everything in two days, <laughs> and, but he they milked it. They wrung him dry That's and got right. his ma- maximum cat in this movie, which is a delightful to see his curls mm-hmm. again. But the family that gets possessed, so the possession would consist of opening up a pizza box, and there's a pizza guy face, face on it. Yeah. Pizza delivery. He did the song. Yeah, pizza, pizza. I'm a face on pizza. Right. Uh, yeah. And just crazy, like, shockers like that. Uh, and then I think it burns but it was down everything that a horror movie's ever done. Like the yeah. hand comes through, grabs her. It was things that didn't make sense to the plot. No, the movie didn't make sense other than they're getting, you know, the house is going nuts. But it wasn't bad. Well, the I music like was by Harry Man Fredini. Not Harry Man. Ha- ha- <laughs> I was going to say. Not Henry Mancini. Oh. It was Harry Man Fredini. Oh, Harry Man Fredini. Next to uh, Ronnie, uh, and uh, I was going to. No, look, the guy, the, two of the guys who worked on the screenplay, but really just were writing the story of it. One of them is Jim Winerski, who did Munchie in 92 and Munchie Strikes Back in 94. Which we've watched, yes. Yeah, he was a Roger Corman guy. And the other one is R.J. Robertson, who wrote Munchie Strikes Back. Munchie Strike Back. Hold that thought. We're going to go to our next movie. On uh, April fourteenth, uh, uh, April eighteenth, this is actually my second favorite movie we saw. This is called Ninety Two in the Shade. Speaking of numbers, it came out in nineteen seventy five. It stars Warren Oates, yes, in maximum peak Oates form, yeah, and Peter sure. Fonda, right. in in a pretty solid Peter Fonda. No, no. <laughs> yes, yeah, you had, hate Peter Fonda. Had, well, it's just it's just who Peter Fonda is. He had no facial expressions. When he got mad, he spoke in a monotone. Right. When he got sad, he spoke in a monotone. When he got good news, he spoke in a monotone. Don't you remember? He goes to Burgess Meredith, and he's Burgess Meredith says, I'll buy you a boat. I'll buy you a boat. He yeah, goes, right. Thanks. No, he well, goes, he's, thank you. And then well, He's a little shit, and he just, like, you know, he goes up. He, just, he returns to the town, and he's, like, trying yeah. to make a life of it by telling, like, give me a boat. Let me teach me how boat. to do it. Yeah, teach me how to do it. And even like he does, he he goes, he gets a boat, and he has two tourists in the boat, and he goes out in the water for them, and they're gone. Right. When he gets back, they're having a drink with everyone, and they're all making fun with of their, him with the enemy with Warren Oates. Yeah, right. Like they pulled a prank on him. So he's a he's a solid loser for a solid loser movie in in Florida. And, and but eight. remember what he did? Yes. Go ahead. He burnt the boat. He burnt Warren Oates' Oats. boat to a crisp and made him Toasted a poor Oats. man. Yeah. Toasted Oats. Yeah. Okay, so he goes to Burgess Meredith. Burgess Meredith says, I'll give you the money for this boat, right? So he goes down to the guy to build it, and the guy says, okay, here's my order, you know. Yeah. Then he goes back to Burgess Meredith and says, I need the money to pay the guy. And he goes, what money? Get out of my office. Screw you. <laughs> 
And then he goes back down to the guy to say, I'm sorry, the deal is off. And the guy says, what are you talking about? He paid this morning in full, like Burgess Meredith's were fucking with. But the whole time, Peter Fonda was like, I need the skip boat money. <laughs> I thought he was fine, but I think I Warren Oates. Him order. Warren Oates is such an oversized actor that he can take care. Like, he, he was carrying the movie anyway. No, but like, if a guy says to you, like, I'll give you a living, and then you go into his office and says, he goes, screw yeah, you, I'm not, yeah. I never promised. Wouldn't you, as a human, go, what are you talking about? You just told me you would. But no, Peter Fonda did not do that. He said, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, you won an Oscar that year for that. Uh, Margot Kidder was all over this film. He was yeah. the girlfriend. You were but, saying that he married the director, right? Right. This director was having a three-way relationship with his wife and, and this actress who's also in the film. They right. had threesomes. They lived together in Key West and were like husband, wife, and wife. Okay? I feel like, I feel like we got cheated out of a movie. <laughs> right yeah he, why didn't you write that script seriously so, you like but, what you know but this guy was a uh has a history because he not a history he had a, he wrote the novel that it's based on right yes and then he just kind of disappeared he did a couple movies and well he he but but you see he cheated on his two wives with margot kidder that's right, right. yeah and then he would dump his two wives for Margot Kidder, and they would get married and have a kid, and move. He would move her to Montana, and that yeah. would be where she would live for the rest of her life. I right. mean, he, she, he really changed her life, and they were divorced very quickly. Okay, Sylvia Miles was in this, and she was in Zero to Sixty. She was the uh, repo person dispatcher. Yeah. I, I don't know. This is a. Uh... It had a good cast. William Hickey was kind of young in that movie, I guess. He was he looked pretty old because he's he has this famously like caven old man look when you see right. him. Yeah. Now Sylvia Miles had a relationship with Burgess Meredith in this. Don't you remember how sexual? Yeah, they were really. Cute. It was cute though. They were in the office and playing hanky panky. I don't know. I I liked the movie. I thought it was interesting. It was definitely. Well, I uh, think the director was a train wreck, and I mean, he yeah. was only married to her for nine months, and they had a baby, and she lives in Montana now. When she got the role in Superman, she like ended it, you know. I don't know. Okay. Next one in April. Uh, we on April twenty fifth, we watched the Meeksville Ghost, two thousand and one, a rare twenty first century sighting on our show, <laughs> and it was a it was a made for whatever movie DVD straight to DVD straight to DVD. And it was a kids film, and it was starring one of our favorite actors to talk about, Judge Reinhold, mm -hmm. uh, who just we feel like his he had plenty of opportunities. But at, in two thousand and one, he starred as a ghost that haunted a a western ghost. Yeah, this is like a west a cowboy ghost. Yeah, in the town of Meeksville, uh, which is some kind of old western town, but right. in modern day, he comes back. As a ghost. Well, he, he could never leave because he had an unresolved issue. The, the woman died by yeah. gun, or gun or something like that. And they were trying to get the land, and he was trying to prevent that. But Leslie Ann Down is in it. She's the one who was um, in Munchie Strikes Back as the mom. She's got her English accent. We keep talking about Munchie Strikes Back. 
uh, Munchie, it's a sequel to a movie called Munchie, which had Lonnie Anderson as the mom. And then in this one, yeah. Mutual Ghost, she, it's, a, it's her. Yeah. I don't know. This movie was vile. Not vile. Just as a kid's movie, it failed. Yeah, uh, as, a, as, a, as a Judge Reinhold movie, it was passable. You could kind of see the, the old appeal of Judd in that movie. He definitely tried. Uh, and then it ended with like some kind of, like a, a Roy Borealis, oh. like a, a big mystical like CGI monster. Yeah, that... they had the shootout, like at the high noon kind of yeah. shootout, and everything got resolved for Judd Reinhold, so he was no longer had to stay on Earth, and so he ascended in a Aurora Borealis. Aurora Borealis. I'm bumping my list. The next movie, uh, and let me know when you want to take over. On uh, May All 2nd. right, I'll take over. No, 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 I got it. Let me do May 2nd. Uh, uh, May 2nd. Uh, we saw a really great film uh, called Night of the Juggler from 1980. This movie has it all. This is like a, the best car you could get off the lot. It was, uh, 19, you know, scumbag Times Square. Yeah. Uh, we even saw the trailer. We used the trailer for WPIX. The <laughs> yeah, Sunday night, right. 6.30 movie. Uh, James Brolin. James Brolin. James Brolin is on the boiling point. His kid is fucking kidnapped. Yeah. He's got a, he's had no by time mistake, to lose. By mistake. Yeah. So he's he's got like a ticking clock. So when he goes into a porn uh, expo on Times Square, he's got he's like he doesn't yeah. go in the little booths and stares at this girl. He walks into the yeah. actual harem area. Where, yeah, and he's like, You tell me where the, my daughter is. And there's guys looking jerking off in their booths, you know. It was pretty <laughs> radical. He's running around New York City. It's everything you want in a movie. Uh, he's terrific in it. It's really suspenseful. Uh, it's definitely like a gritty film from its era. But don't and, forget uh, the Take the Cannoli guy. Yeah, right. Take the Cannoli guy from The Godfather. Right. Uh, yeah. Pop. Does he do a joke where the gangsters are trying to buy frozen yogurt in New York City in 1980, yeah. and they well, can't? They can't. It isn't that he 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 goes in there and he says my my daughter's fiance is is wants to open a yogurt shop tell me about it and then the dis- guy describes what yogurt is how it like yeah germs grow- yeah and it gets grossed out yeah because at the time in new york city in 1980 that was a thing and it was new frozen yogurt with wheat uh, germ J- uh, jackie gleason's daughter has a role in it um there's an ex-porn star named sharon mitchell in it Ooh, the mitchell uh, sister yeah. Um, okay, the guy who's the director, his name's Robert Butler, and he directed the pilot for Star Trek with oh, Captain the, Pike. The infamous Captain Pike yeah. episode. James Brolin broke his foot during a stunt sequence, and it delayed production for pretty much a month, just a little over a month. Yeah, but we, we recommend that one, definitely. Uh, so, all right, here we go. This movie caused a lot of pain and aggravation for both of us in 2021. It is the aforementioned on May 9th, we watched Munchie Strikes Back, 1994. It's a straight to video. It's based on a movie we saw called Munchies, which was a ripoff on Gremlins. Uh, so it was originally an R rated movie. They turned it into a kid's video. This is Corman's production. Uh, and with Dom DeLuise as the voice of a magical pixie monster yeah, yeah. named, named uh, Munchie. He's a wish, yeah. So it's a, you get wish fulfillment. You want pizza? Here it is. You like, you like Jennifer Love Hewitt? 
There it is. So, and then there was an adversary who wanted the hand of his mom. Uh, no, but this is Munchie Strikes Back. I know. So oh. Munchie Strikes Back only has Munchie and the adversary. The actor for the adversary has a different role different altogether. Person. Different mm-hmm. person. But he's it. The voice of Munchie in the third film is voiced by Howard Hessman of Philly's Academy. ARP in Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah. So, and he's, you know, whatever. I mean, you can hear him snorting coke while he's, uh, the voice. He's <laughs> like, we got to save him. Right after I rip one. Uh, it's fucking, why don't you listen to our episode? We don't want to talk about this film anymore, do we? Uh, I, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Dave Dobson from the first movie was in it as a preteen now. or a Right, he passed the torch. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, there was that guy who was Professor Graves, was a really good actor named Stephen Franken. Remember, he goes down there, he goes, a thousand dollars, that's a lot of money, but this information, do you remember? Yeah, it yeah. Funny in it. Um, yeah, it was good. I mean, like okay, it was, the, it was a watchable film, but it's just, it's definitely a. The director watched, uh, wrote our the director wrote House Four. Okay. Oh yes, that's right. Um, and also the school explosions in the beginning were from a different movie called Screwballs. It was the same footage. Oh, how funny! And we had so watched Roger the... Corman. Yeah. All right. Well. There we go. Check it out. So that episode you should check out, listen to on May 9th. We are going back, back, back on, on May 16th. Uh, back to the, what's the dude's name? Noel Nanel? Noel Nosek. Noel Nosek. His third movie we watched is called Dreamer, 1979. Right. So it was a middle film, as it were. So what do you do in between a Las Vegas caper movie and a racing around Mulholland Drive, Laurel Canyon music scene? Dreamer. It's it's Tim Matheson, and he's going pro as he competes in the fantastic 1970s world of professional bowling. It's Rocky for bowling. Oh my god! And you know you got like the family, and you got the town, and you got the people at the bowling alley. Jack Warden, right? Was it? Yeah, Jack I, yeah. Warden was the was. Uh... Come on, come on, Rocky! Come on, a perfect game. That's right. Yeah. Uh, the guy who did the musical score for Rocky did the musical score for this. And it was advertised as, oh, that guy from Animal House, he's back again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on May 23rd, uh, we watched Slaughter's Big Ripoff, 1973. Yeah. That was pretty good. I like that one. American uh, International's Pictures. Yeah. Uh, and the villain was none other than Ed McMahon. Exactly. That was great. That was great. It was uh, Jim Brown, right? Yeah, Jim Brown was yeah. pullback for the Cleveland Browns. That's how he made his fame. He was an NFL guy, and he started acting. Ed McMahon was the bad guy. Scatman Crothers was in it for two seconds. It was fun because it was like it wasn't Shaft. It was trying so hard to be Shaft. It was. But, you know, there was a lot of character actors in that movie. I remember, like, yeah. the guy that hang out at the bar at the nightclub. That kind of just helped the movie. Like, he was just funny in it. So remember, he's riding horses in the beginning. Yeah. And then his friend gets killed. They're like, we love you, Slaughter. Here's, you know, I'm dead. And he Is that his real name, Slaughter? That's what they called him, Slaughter. Remember there was that uh, woman who just wanted to sleep with Slaughter? He was the girlfriend of the bad guy. Yeah, no, I remember. He was, the, he was king of the hill. Like, everyone loves Slaughter. 
and it was a sequel too i, I believe so like yes, they already knew him the from the third. last movie yeah oh the third one wow remember they did it in that scratchy hay right up in the in the yeah it's like you that thing's made to dry the hay in the sun you know you're gonna get in there go, <laughs> oh it's great because after you fuck you can eat the hay we keep going uh, oh wait no i'm thinking of shaft in africa Shaft in africa right yeah yeah Oh, so that was that was a great one we did. And they uh embarrassed now. Yeah. Well, let's uh all right. We did it. Let's move on. Our next movie on May thirtieth. Don't worry, I I actually did a couple times and we have it on archive, so it's all part of growing up. It's all uh, part of growing up. All part of growing up. Uh on May thirtieth, we watched the horrendously titled Thunderground. Underground. Underground. Yes, 1989 this is basically the underground world of beating each other up and it's this uh we have a lot of films like this where like a, a hard scrabble woman and her pal go and and try to defeat the underground world of blank and mm-hmm. her and her boyfriend uh like pick fights for money and ultimately ultimately Je- jesse ventura is like i will give you money so i could kick your shit out of you Right. And they ultimately say, you know, we're just so desperate, we're going to do it. We're going to go into the Thunderground, and we're going to fight you and to the death or whatever. To the death. No, it's to yeah. the death. Whoever lives keeps the bounty. Yeah. And then at the end, there's a lot of slow motion shit in it. I don't know. It, it, it seemed like two different movies to me. It seemed like these people on the road trying to make it and trying to trying to survive and yeah. you know, uh, dealing with each other. And then when they finally get to the Oz, when they finally get to the end of the journey, it's just this cartoon of Jesse Ventura fighting a girl, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, first they had to go to New Orleans and meet Emmett Walsh, who knew the man, Jesse Ventura. Yeah. Nobody else did. Remember, he, he arranged some fights for him and yeah, yeah. at gunpoint. He's a mysterious cat. I don't know. It was, it was a piece of shit. I wasn't thrilled by it. Okay. Yeah. Me neither. Do you want to do you want to continue to do March uh, do June, June 6th, June 6th, 2021. We saw George Carlin in Working Trash. Yeah, a Fox move Fox with a brand new network on yeah. on the ter- terrestrial channel. I'm, I'm doing a rotary channel change on my hands. <laughs> and uh, this was their first made for TV movie. Yeah, uh, starring, uh, starring also starring Ben Stiller. Correct. They really pulled out the big guns and the I know you don't like the Beverly Hills Hillbillies, but Dan Clampett was in it. I know. I don't like – oh, yeah, no, he was good in it, Buddy Epson. Uh, but also the director, I think, was some kind of, of note. Um, the director was Alan Metter. He did a Police Academy mission to Moscow. I know you love that series. He did Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield. Girls Just Want to Have Fun, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, not coming out of the park. The Growing Pains movie. Oh, when they go to Paris? No, no, I'm thinking of uh, I'm thinking Facts of Life. Facts of Life, Growing Pains. Uh, all right. I think that's and it's it's uh it's basically the the janitors work at a stock firm and they 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 find in the garbage stock tips and they right. go up and make them money. I don't know. Right. It, it was it was not memorable. It was nice to see George Carlin uh, yeah. act, and uh, we actually had Paul Brumbaugh. Who, uh, yeah. one of the big George Carlin fans, and he used to be on the on Mini Radio before us. And he's actually started up uh, Edge. Production. And Patrick Carlin was a regular 
yeah, his uh, younger brother, as he would always say, uh, his older brother, Patrick Carlin, would come on uh, Paul's show every week. So My super ex-girlfriend, um, June 13th, 2021. This, this is not usual for your show, not just because it's 2006, but it's Ivan Reitman film. It's a blockbuster. Well, oh, it, yeah. it did well, but I mean, it's a major motion picture. I didn't realize I was Anna Faris in that movie until like maybe yeah. halfway through. Uh, oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. This is one of those toxic 2000s. I swear to God, this last generation has a lot to account for when it comes to movies. And us, too. We watched them. It was basically these bros who were like looking for women at the gym. And it's Owen Wilson, it's Luke Wilson. And he had Rain Wilson as uh, no relation, as his like scumbag little friend, mm-hmm. the Jason Alexander to the shallow house, basically. So when they're at the gym, he's like, hey, nice ass. Can I go on a date and touch your ass? Right. Oh, what did I say? And uh, they people aggressive. get so offended. Yeah, so there's this hot little woman, and they they in the subway, and they approach her, and she goes on a date, and she actually is a superhero. And uh, when they break up, uh, Luke and Uma Thurman uh, as a superhero, uh, she doesn't take it well. It's basically it would be better if it was my super ex boyfriend, and the it would be more real, right? A little too on the nose if the the male counterpart in the relationship no no this is on the nose you've heard about girls freaking out when they oh yeah but i think it's i think it's a little like misogynistic it is Uh, it is uh but yeah so she gets angry so she's throwing cars and sharks at him and breaking his apartment and then especially when he starts dating anna ferris he she gets super mad but oddly enough uh jesus christ this movie gives me a headache eddie izzard plays like izzard yeah, so she's she's like a, uh, a, a colleague. Yeah, so she yeah, God, it's so she creates a way to get the power source for Uma, and the power source drops and radiates Anna Ferris. Yeah, but Anna Ferris gets affected, and now Anna Ferris is a superhero. Right. <laughs> uh, superpowers. Okay. Well, what about um? Uh, Wanda Sykes was in it. That's a little... Yeah, that's great. She was fine in it. She didn't have much now, to do. My celebrity comedian countdown was with one of the actors who was in the film. He's, he's a comedian. Uh, his name is Jack Norris. And I was at Scotty's and he went up and he said, he's super ex-girlfriend. And then somehow I found out that it was on YouTube, remember? So I said, please, Michael, I've got the actor. So yeah, yeah so we interviewed yeah. him. It was great. He played a cop movie and he had he had a i wouldn't say there were good stories but they were really good i mean like it was uh you know it was it was really good that he opened up and just talked about working there and just being it was good uh june 20th 21 we watched the flash movie hell w10 from 83 oh you know what i would just flat out say go to itunes find our episode if you like the clash go and just just i know carl has information on it but do me a favor also listen to the episode because he interviews the guy that uh, was an archivist for Clash, and he had a lot to say about this movie. Was okay, well, this George guy Trump. was in it. Okay, yeah. This guy, his name is Derek Goddard. The, he, the Clash, pretty much their um, drummer, was out of the band because he just did it to himself. He just did heroin all the time. And so they were going to replace him with Derek Goddard. And he started practicing with the Clash, but then the Clash broke up, so he never got to, but he was about to become a member of the Clash, and he was in the film, and he told us all sorts of interesting things. 
we did a two-part episode. The first part was the like 50-minute movie. Yeah. The second part was like the same length of an interview. It's a good movie too, Joe Strummer. It's just fun. It's black and white. They act like gangsters, but you can see like ET dolls. Like they still have a veneer of yeah. the early 80s that it came from. And it and you know, like uh they're they're just having fun. I don't know. And it was well shot, you know, and uh it was an informative interview. I really like the interview that that's, yeah. that's that's the reason why I'm singling out this episode. You did a lot of effort and uh, we a lot of good information about Flash. the class. Yeah, and I made a friend. Oh, Facebook friend or real IRL friend? Pretty much Facebook friend, but we were gonna get together and do some class songs together. We even found a bassist. Wow, that's things, crazy. Yeah, things got messed up with like weather and stuff. So we're supposed to do it this year. Okay. Let's see what happens. Call okay. yourself the clash. <laughs> it's supposed to be a clash tribute. It's supposed to be that we'll do a show on International Clash Day. I don't know. Oh, I'm into yeah. it. Yeah. International Clash Day. Yeah, that's that's a thing. Next is June 27, 2021. We did The Adventures of Barry McKenzie. Uh, all right, this one goes on my top 10. That and its horrible sequel. I think this movie uh, is a cultural touchstone, as it were. I don't know. I mean... Talk about documentaries about movies. Uh, Not from Hollywood is a, a documentary about the Australian film industry, and they talk a lot about Barry McKenzie. Barry McKenzie uh, is the mastermind. It was masterminded by Barry Humphreys, who shows up, of course, as Dame Edna. Uh, but basically, he's he's Barry McKenzie is a different actor who's a singer. Rick Carly, he he has the life outside this movie, uh, and he kind of plays a you know. Little Abner, as it were, it was, but an Australian outback version, young, dumb, and full of cum, just kind of a total idiot beer drinker. Yeah, which was uh, a cartoon. Was what? It was a, like a, a newspaper strip kind of thing, a cartoon. Oh, I that's didn't know how that. It started. Oh yeah, that that's it was all based on that book. Um, you know, in the same way Homer Simpson is everything awful about a, an American. Yeah, Mary Humphreys was everything about dumb about an Australian, and that's why. And Andy Cap is everything dumb about. It. Okay, yeah, I got you. Yeah, right. So, uh, so he goes to uh, England. Just, yeah, he goes to England, and just chaos ensues. A bunch of numbers happen. Uh, a lot of just like kind of, you know, off jokes, but uh, it became a huge cultural phenomenon, and you can see why. It's a pretty tight film, you know. Uh, I, I don't know. I like the movie. Well, every time he would enter a situation, um, and then like he would be in some sort of trouble, then he would make a move, or a move would be made on him, uh-huh. and it would end up like a terrific, great thing. Well, yeah, so one like of the things, don't you remember? Like concept. someone told him that curry is an aphrodisiac, so he like rubbed it on his groin before sex or something like that. Yeah, it was a very dumb. Took and forever prawns, to get to them. Prawns, prawns, yeah, with prawns, right? It was they were in England, so they got like down you know, Indian hand. takeout. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else did he do? <laughs> like he would okay, he would go to the house. He went out with the daughter, remember? And then there was an Australian fest happened to be there. Hi, I was hi. about to, I was about to say that that's the best moment in the movie is that he meets other Australians in England, and that's all they give a shit about is themselves. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, um, he goes to um, what he goes to the pub 
and the guy who isn't Dudley Moore overhears him and he's cast in a TV commercial. Yeah, you know? he's the male Candine. He just shows up and he's always accompanied by uh, Dane Edna, yeah, who you know joins him in the adventures. Edna, yeah. Yeah, and definitely a good counterpoint to it. You know, like, and one of the things I do like about this movie, this is one of the rare movies, unfortunately, our show, we do have, there's some movies are better off to see a couple times just to see it by yourself. Yeah. And uh, I had seen, I didn't really see this movie. I knew of it. And when we did the show, I was like, oh my God, this movie is greater than the sum of its parts. Like this movie should be experienced and then kind of like, you know, discussed and stuff. So I actually went back and watched it and then uh, watched the the sequel before we did it. And uh, it just makes a difference. Like it's a really kind of pop culture. The jokes are definitely aged. Uh, yeah, but, but I mean, they're aged and they're even Australian. Like, like yeah. there are all those expressions that we wouldn't got. I'm fuller than a dunny on, you know, we have no idea. What the hell no idea. And then, but, so, but listen, uh, uh, there are some films that are your films that it's better to watch with a friend. And that's when you go to our show. There are other shows that are worth it just watching it. And this is yeah. one of them. So our next movie, go ahead, Carl. Was the sequel, Barry McKenzie Holds His Own. And it's interesting that the prime minister is in it. Listen, I really think you can skip this movie, you know? What they did is they turned Barry McKenzie into a superhero, and he was famous. That's not what Barry McKenzie is all about. He's not. He's a hick, which is an American term, but he's outback-ish, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But him, the the actor who plays Barry... uh, Mackenzie and fucking Dane Edna are really funny. So yeah. I just felt like it was an excuse to see it, them. Like it wasn't Wayne's World too bad. Like when sequels go, we're just watching the familiar characters. It just really had nothing. It wasn't the satire wasn't there. The, the sat, it was you know the parody and the satire. It lost its own joke because the premise was uh, yes, you're right. It was great to see them again. That's what you paid for, right? Right. You, yeah. You, want, you experienced them before, so you want to see them again. Uh, it's just that they could have, they should have just stuck with, see, it did a big thing for the Australian film industry. Suddenly, four or five films got made that year. Yeah. One of them by, uh, it's not in front of me, it's like the, the the guest or something. It was a big deal. So they thought, Perry McKenzie's a big deal, so let's do a movie in which he's flying in a jet and there's angels are singing his name. No, that's <laughs> not him at all. Right, I got, I got it too. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Lil Abner again. I'm gonna the say. Uh, Prime Minister of Australia, you know, at the time, and the First Lady, they were in it. Uh, I'm sure they regret it. July 18, 2021, with Sherilyn Connolly, we watched The Man with the Power. I was very happy Sherilyn joined us. Uh, she is a big influence. You can see her influence on the show because- uh, Q was in it from Star Trek. John Luke, John Delancey. Do you remember Q, who that Q is? Q, wasn't Q from Next Generation? And it would always yeah. be like, "Hey, Picard, what's up? You suck." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, sit down to eat his meal. He show up. Go, I'll take that. Poof. Well, you know, when when uh, Superman jumped the shark, they had Mister Majestic. So I guess for Star Trek. They had a cue. Yeah. Um, Bob Neal was the star. There's nothing really interesting there, but 
Yeah, it's a good one. So we would recommend that episode if, yes. uh, as episodes go, and that is July 18th. You get to uh, Sherilyn joins us uh, and to do one of the movies uh, of Percy Kamada, and so it was pretty cool. You're going into August. Yes, August 8th. <clears throat> August 8th was a really cool one. It was Ghost Shark. I like that movie. Yeah, and you had a really good friend of yours, a comedian who... Uh... So um, there, I was at an open mic. It was my open mic, actually, and Chris Gassler got on stage, and he just relayed this. He told his routine, and then he interrupted himself, and he goes, fuck that. This is not comedy, no laughing, and he told us how much how great Ghost Shark was. That just got me thinking. I checked it out. And yeah, it was on YouTube. So I immediately called to you, please, please, do this once, please. And you said, okay. And so he came on, and I played his stand-up on the show. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
and is in these uncertain times, isn't it comforting to know that there will always be Alfred's world of trousers? Alfred's world of trousers, where moral uncertainty is banished, and the aesthetic climax of our earthly lives is celebrated in the perfect pair of trousers. Alfred sincerely believes it is everybody's right to at least one pair. Drop by and tell him you heard about him on the Gates of Delirium. He'll give you two trousers for the price of one. Two trousers. One pair of pants. Only at Alfred's World of Trousers. This hectic piece is from Universe Zero, the French music collective. This is called Heatwave. I'm going to continue on with something a lot more funky. This is by Lenny White. He was the drummer for Return to Forever. This is a funky cover of Cashmere here on the Gates of Delirium at MutinyRadio.fm.
My name is Perkins Warbeck. You're listening to the Gates of Delirium here at MutinyRadio.fm. We're going to listen now to a couple from the Bhavi Vishnu Orchestra. And starting with Birds of Fire.
That was Birds of Fire from the Mahavishnu Orchestra. And after that, we heard A Lotus on Irish Stream. This is John McLaughlin with Shock Tea. Something of a departure from our usual taste here. I would call this Indian Raga Prague. I'm wrong. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. 